It's time for Ralph and Vicky's Off-Grid Podcast with your host, outdoor writer Pete Rogers. We're coming to you from the Hunter's Blend Coffee Studio. Hunter's Blend Coffee, defending hunting one cup at a time. Now, let's get into this week's show. Hey, Brad, how you doing, bud? Doing very well, thank you. How are you guys doing? Um, you know, in this crazy time, I guess we're, we're doing the best that we can. Um, you know, and we, we appreciate you taking the time because I know... Unfortunately, we're not up there with y'all. But yeah, this is like the first time in, gosh, almost thirty years yeah. that I have not been up in Canada spring bear hunting. And I know that you actually just got a bear, didn't you? Beautiful bear, beautiful bear. Yes, actually, I took one uh, two evenings ago and one last week, so I've uh, I've had a good spring. Oh, now you're rubbing it in. Yeah, rub it in, buddy. <laughs> no, it's not rubbing it in because I've uh, seen what you guys have done in Alberta, and I know that you know what's here for resource. Absolutely. We have a lot of bears, a lot of big bears, and not a lot of people hunting them. No, and especially this year. I mean, all the way across Canada. And like I said, this is almost 30 years that I haven't been up there on a spring bear hunt. And longer for Ralph, because obviously he's older than I am. But, you know, got to throw that in there. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and we just figured who better to go to, you know, besides you, buddy. And, and, and I mean, let, let's, just, let's just start the conversation out by what the hell is going on i mean <laughs> the, i it, i mean i mean we have talked to outfitters and and we know you're connected not only you know in in your home province of alberta but all across canada um and you know sitting on the boards and and edit you know being an editor and all your writings and everything but help us to understand i i don't even think the the listeners understand the impact that is going on in this spring? No, there's a lot of people that depend on their entire livelihood that have basically uh, lost all their contracts and their income and stuff for at least 12 months. So it's devastating. And I know that the pandemic that's hit the world is hitting lots of different people and businesses in different ways. But um, the outfitters up here are, especially the ones that only hunt in the spring, are, are really feeling it. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I, we know not even just the outfitters for like the spring bear hunts, but we know numerous um, fishing camps that are, are have already decided they're just going to shut down for the year, the flying fishing camps, because they're, everyone is afraid to travel. And right now, Canada is not open until the 21st, right? The border. Yeah, and that's tentative. Right, right. Because everything keeps getting extended. We live in Illinois. We get that. Right. So in Canada, things are, are going going to be reopened and adjusted the way they are in the states. You're doing it state by state, and we're doing it province by province. Each province's health to, uh, services division will decide when it's safe to do things and what people can do. So some provinces have an outright closure on all fishing camps. Oh, uh, wow. I didn't know that. Huddling. Yeah, so like there there are some provinces that have said uh, there will be no outfitting until maybe in the fall. Some have closed uh, northern camps until next year. That's horrible. Uh, it is. Uh, I know some some incredible fishing camps that uh, offer great services and some fishing that is outstanding. That they've already made the decision to just not even open the camp this year. They're going to remain boarded up. They they can't even hire a float plane to fly in to check on them because they can't maintain social distancing within the small float plane. So 
it's wow. uh, it's a very crazy world, and the impacts uh, uh, in the future it, it, it's hard to say what they are, but the fallout will be will be big. But there will also be opportunity for sportsmen. You know, I, um, everyone looks at the pandemic and it's all doom and gloom, but there are going to be some bright sides to it. Um, the outfitters that are have good clients uh, are going to survive. You know, I, the fellow I was hunting with this week, he has 30 hunters booked and only one of them asked for their deposit back. And he was saying, that's a big part of my survival into the future and being able to do this is hanging out of those deposits so that we can get all the baits out again next spring and get everything ready for, for bear camp. And also that I have the, you know, um, knowledge and, uh, Stuff that uh, I have clients coming back. When this is over, I still have business. I still have friends. I still have hunters that want to be here. So it's uh, it, it it gives them a, a sense of uh, accomplishment as well that they're still going to have something to come back to. So it's interesting. I've talked to lots of outfitters and especially on the the spring bear and the fishing side. How many people have contacted him and said immediately we want our money back instead of can I rebook for next year? So that's a big part of what's going on and what will dictate how things flow in the future. Wow. Yeah, well, sure. Because a lot of, I mean, let's face it, besides, you know, I, I think between you and us, we know a whole lot of outfitters that, that depend on that money year after year after year. And, and when they get that deposit, it could be in the, you know, in the, in the show season, it could be, you know, you know what I mean? And the, like, at the end of the at end of the the year, going into the show season, so they have all their expenses, doing all the safari clubs and doing all these other shows, um, all the Midwest right. expos and everything like spent, that, doing their bookings. They, they yeah. spent a lot of that those deposits already, just trying to market their you know their outfits. And now, um, I mean, if they ain't got the money, they ain't got the money. Yeah, so they've already marketed for this year with the deposits they right. got and. They have to do it again next year to hopefully come back at a level playing field to what they were in the past or hopefully even better. But uh, they want to do it. That's the the good thing. The outfitters that are out there love what they do. They don't want a nine-to-five job. They don't want to sit behind a desk. That is what they want to do in life. So they are scrambling and doing anything possible to ensure that their future businesses uh, are going to be there. So I know lots of it's funny because lots of them are helping farmers seed crops and do other things just to to make some money this spring. Just uh, any way you can to to keep things going with your family and and eventually your business. So they are diverse people. Most outfitters can you know cook and put up the tents and uh, do anything around camp from fixing water systems to you name it. So they're pretty handy people. Yeah, most of your outfitters are workers. You know, they're they're not they don't have their hand out. They're, they you know they want to be like like all of us. You know, they 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 want to earn it, and, but but they love doing it outside. And um, yeah, you know, I I think what else a lot of people a lot of people don't under or, or realize is the economic impact of not having any traveling now. You know, the the little mom and pop hotels motels the the gas stations the, gas stations, the little the stores shops. along the ways yeah <clears throat> now, all I of mean, it it's not just the outfitters the, little, the sporting the goods stores right i mean the grocery and, and on top of all of that look at like your game and fish departments there's no yeah. hunting and fishing licenses being purchased so all those dollars that usually go into those departments are not there either yeah that's you know that's the part that really concerns me and uh what 
hunters, most hunters are aware, is we pay for conservation. There's right. uh, levies on almost every license you buy, no matter what state or province you come into. Uh, if you've ever hunted Montana, you know they have a fairly big levy for non-resident hunters, but that goes to their programs from hunter access to uh, habitat and conservation. Alberta's conservation community is funded heavily by our license sales. So if you look at the revenue that we've lost just on spring bear, it is huge, and there's no way to make it up. No. So everything takes a hit down the road, and uh, it always hurts me a little bit to see conservation get uh, a kick in the rear end because they never get a lot of funding to begin with. So I've no. encouraged hunters to to make a donation to conservation organizations, whether they're waterfowl hunters or big game. I know times are tough for everybody, but if you have some extra, keep them in mind because they're not running their fundraisers and all the other things that keep them alive. And nonprofits are nonprofit. They usually don't have a huge bank account to keep them rolling far into the future. That's a great point, Brett, because, you know, a lot of times out of sight, out of mind, you know, and, and right. you know, we, we all try to do our part, but, but you're, you're spot on because honestly, you, you're trying to survive in, in a crazy uh, pandemic, pandemic world. whether it's somewhat simulated or added or whatever. I know I'm getting bad, bad looks here from Vicky, but the reality of it is <laughs> <laughs> the, the reality of it is, is, you know, you, 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 I mean, you nailed it. You, you, we, we don't think about the nonprofits that truly do help and make a difference and, you know, help in all of the aspects of the outdoors. And, and, and now is the time, maybe you got to reach a little deeper in your pocket, but, but you know, every, every dollar, penny, quarter, you know, it all helps. So if, if we can all just pitch in a little bit, you know, whatever it may be, uh, it's, it's going to pay big dividends in the future. It will. I mean, those organizations uh, make a difference for us as hunters by providing uh, habitat to not only produce animals, but to have access for hunting and fishing and recreation and basically the things that we do to enjoy life. And it's really hard to replace that with anything else. So so now, because we're we're locked out of your border and you're locked out of ours, um, right. you know, <laughs> we we the other thing I, I think is if God willing, you know, this this does come to an end, even though I believe this whole the whole globe will have will be looking at things differently, will be treating things differently. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I can even draw if if I can even draw my bow and anchor with a mask on. <laughs> it's social distancing, honey. Yes, it's I okay. Know. <laughs> You'll be able to shoot without a mask on. But um We'll be right back with more Ralph and Vicky's Off Grid Podcast with your host, Pete Rogers. Ralph and Vicky's Off Grid Podcast is proudly brought to you by Alps, Easton Archery, Browning Firearms. Bass Pro Shops, Cabela's, Delta McKenzie Targets, New Archery Products, Muddy Outdoors, Cyclops Lights, Boss Buck Feeders, Hoyt Bows, Hunter's Blend Coffee, Hunter's Specialties, Spy Point, and True Glow. Welcome back to Ralph and Vicky's Off-Grid Podcast with your host, Pete Rogers. We're coming to you from the Hunter's Blend Coffee Studio. Now, let's get back into this week's show. You know, you know the other thing we have to look at with, with the borders being closed, that we definitely do not have nowhere 
do we have, um, you know, any management per se happening because the quotas or any of the, you know, the numbers of of animals being taken, trying to help manage the herds or whatever it may be, that's it's not even available right now. No, and, and like you're just saying too, and Brad, like you said earlier, like Canada and spring bear hunting, a huge part of spring bear hunting is yes, we love going up there and putting meat in the freezer, but a big part of it is management. You got to manage those animals. Absolutely, and it was very unique. Uh, I've hunted bears for years and years, and I outfitted bears up here for years and have watched them. But this spring was very unique because we were at very well-established bait sites that have been out for 25 years. And we put the bait out only because we want the bears to continue using them and remember that they're there, even though nobody's hunting. So I hunted and my friend's son hunted and nobody else did. But the bears acted completely different because... They've had food there every day, but they haven't seen any hunters. Yeah, they haven't had any strange smells to worry about coming in or anything, huh? Right, and it's almost like most years they come, they smell a hunter, those big bears, and they back out, and maybe you have to put in five days before that bear decides, well, there hasn't been any risk, I'm going to saunter in tonight and, and you know do whatever it is I'm going to do. Every bear is a little different, but... You know, these bears have been coming in night after night after night without any encounter, and they kind of let their guard down. And not only that, uh, like the area that that this particular outfitter uh, runs, he normally has 30 clients in Alberta. That means 60 bears. Well, that's 60 less bears harvested this year, which increases opportunity and trophy potential for next year. And I think that's a, a really big thing for hunters to remember is if you've never hunted bears or you want a big one, Spring is going to be next like year. the prime time of your life. Next year is yeah. going to be the lottery. Yeah, well, yeah, like we saw some very incredible bears. In uh, we only hunted four days, but it was uh, every site. We put some trail cameras up. We had big bears. Uh, the outfitter's son was uh, thirteen years old. He shot an absolute tank of a, oh, a black awesome. bear that has that. I'm sure you've seen it before. When they get in the sun, they have a bluish tinge on their fur. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, we we told him that he shot old blue. He was smiling <laughs> glad. Did he have a big old crease in his forehead, too? Yes, yeah. It, uh, oh. <laughs> it was a fun trip. It gave us lots of time to look at a lot of bears and judge them, too. And as you, you both know, because you've seen so many bears, they come in every compact uh, or big size that there is. There's no two of the same. They're like people that are... Uh, some have short legs, long legs, some are long, some are skinny, some are short, some are tall. They're all different. And when you get a chance to just sit back and see a steady parade, it's pretty interesting to see the the way that bears are built and, 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 their and just enjoy order. some of the... You know, yeah, I think, uh, Brad, Brad, you nailed something too, you know, and, and that is here we are knowing that, that thousands upon thousands of sportsmen and women are, are shut shut down this spring. But listen... Now is the time to call that outfitter and say, you know, hey, I want to be there for 2021. You, you, right. you know what I mean? Absolutely. Because we're talking about a precedent. We're talking about something that hasn't seen, we haven't seen in our lifetimes. And, and that, that is, right. the, you know, the game will be plentiful. I mean, ev- anything and everything that we could imagine, you know, is, is going to be available. 
at least we're 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 praying it's available next year at this. Well, time. And, and so here's a question for you though, too, Brad. Is is with it being closed down this spring? And obviously, a lot depends on how everything goes and if there's a reoccurrence of the whole thing. How does the fall look up there? Do you think it's going to be open? What is your gut feeling going on up there? Well, it is just my gut feeling because politicians can really turn your guts into knots sometimes. Absolutely. But, um, I, think, I think things will be moving. I don't think the world can stay at a standstill for much longer and uh, continue to keep uh, you know a first world economy going. And politicians aren't. I hope they're not going to let things slip to the point where we become a second world uh, class culture and stuff like that. But uh, things are going to have to start moving. We can do things with social distancing. Um, whether you're in a hunting camp and have your own tent or your own room and space out around the table or, um, you know, have to hunt with uh, your spouse and then decide who gets the first shot. Uh, we know where that's going. <laughs> I was going to let you take that lead on that one. Ralph. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Yeah, I know where that's going. Well, Everybody knows where that one's you going. You know, and, and honestly, like you had said earlier about like the float planes and the the outfitters, the, the camp owners aren't allowed to fly up because of social distancing within a float plane. I never even thought I never about thought it that, that way. So never. like this coming fall, RJ's got a trip up to Bob Efforts up um Yeah. Advent, Newfie. Up in Newfoundland for moose and caribou possibly. And depending on what they say, that could actually even if the border's open, depending on what they say that. on social distancing, Bob, who's already feeling it because he has a fishing camp in Labrador, he has it shut down for the year. He just he ended up shutting it down for the whole year. I just got an email from him yesterday, but I didn't even think about the flights. Yeah, hopefully they can come up with some common sense rules. Like if you're in a confined space, like a small airplane for 40 minutes, wear a mask, wear some gloves, do things to protect yourself. Um, you know, if anyone does have symptoms, say so ahead of time and don't get on the plane. Like it, a lot of it has to do with common sense and people treating others with respect. And if we do that, I think that we can uh, go about life uh, in a normal fashion. But the other big question to all of this, which really frightens me, is that uh, running airlines is in a very expensive uh, game these days. Planes are expensive, insurance is expensive, and there are some floor plane companies that it, it sounds like are going out of business. So unless they get some type of help, some of these camps and communities may be landlocked for a while in the summer. We may not be able to get to some camps for some years until something's reestablished, which would be a disaster. So, you know, those are... The only reason I say these things is when you're talking to your outfitters, there's some, some questions to ask and some... Uh, you know, if you have uh, float plane uh, services coming into a community, but they're also responsible for bringing the mail and other things, you know what's going to be there in the future. But uh, the ones that aren't tied to... Uh, essential services, it, it could be a rough game for them and for the outfitters to utilize them. I mean, we never thought of that, just like Vicky said, you know, with with the float planes. But but the other thing, too, you just pointed out was if they have the essentials, like bringing in the mail, bringing it to different villages, that that's a great question for, for any, of them, any of the listeners to ask that outfitter, because then at least it gives them some sense of security for you know, for the future, but there you you know it, Vicky and I. We could all sit here and name them right off, right off the top. How many don't have that? You know, you know, availability of those flights coming in that are going to villages. I mean, 
Well, you they know, could I mean, be shut down for a long time. And we've hunted all over Canada. I mean, almost in every province, as you so can almost yeah. yeah, right. But no, I'm so now I just flipped over to when we've gone Yukon moose hunting in the fall. Yep. Those are all flying camps. Those are every yeah. single bit of that. And a lot of those float camp, float plane bases there are actually more for just those camps than it is anything, an essential part of anything. Well, one of their biggest, you know, revenue sources is the tourism, right? the ecotourism in be- between, before the fall. But if there's the no fall, social distancing. If they've got none of that. We're, I, I didn't even think of, Brad, you got our minds like it wow. blowing up right now. There's no tourism, so there is no people buying flights, and they're basically locked down. So, you know, they've gone, what is it, 10 weeks now without income? Right. Uh, and right. for an airline, that's, you know, even the big commercial carriers are being bailed out because they're not going to make it. It's just too costly of a business. So an airplane is a very expensive piece of equipment that you can't let sit idle. It's got to make you money to pay for itself. But, uh, you know, it, it, it begs a lot of questions. When you go in informed, uh, how many outfitters actually have their own planes? Not many, but some do. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, I think this is going to generate a lot of new companies and new ideas and new business. Whenever you're faced with problems like this, uh, new companies come up or maybe somebody gets their pilot license and you can rent planes. So uh, I, I'm saying this because you know this for a fact. Outfitters... If there's a problem, they're going to find a way to solve it. Absolutely. So right. if they need a full plane to get into their camp and now the business they've been using isn't there, they're going to work with their niece or nephew to train them to be a pilot and find another way to get an airplane and keep the camp operational. <laughs> yeah, I, I got <laughs> RJ point. I got, uh, I got RJ's RJ pointing going, at himself. When you said fly or learn he's to fly, like, he's like that. pointing at himself. Yeah, no, that's not happening, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> If we look at the the big picture, and, and w- you know, we, we try to always try to stay away from the political aspects of things, but our our country right now, you know, have, have some stimulus plans going on and all that. Is Canada doing anything like that to, to help, you know, these outfitters and the small, the small aviation companies? Yeah, there are stimulus packages there, but it's probably the same in the States. It's not going to necessarily keep the companies alive long term, but it's going to help them to feed their families if they're that strapped for cash. So I don't think any of the packages are are going to uh, replace the income that a normal business would have to be a viable business. So hopefully there's an end in sight to this. And um you know, the other thing to remember is a stimulus package is good, but an outfitter that has multi-disciplines or multi-species to hunt could also benefit by somebody booking a hunt this fall if things are open, just to have the revenue to keep them alive to help keep a spring bear camp alive next year. So um, we talked about prime bears next spring. There's been a lot of cancellations. People just worried about things in general in fishing camps and hunting camps. If uh, if you're looking for opportunity, it's probably a good time to reach out and talk to an outfitter about a whitetail or a moose or an elk hunt or, you know, some other species that you don't have at home that's always been on your bucket list. Because most of those outfitters have uh, multi-species that they hunt spring and fall. We'll be right back with more Ralph and Vicky's Off-Grid Podcast with your host, Pete Rogers. Ralph and Vicky's Off-Grid Podcast is brought to you by True Glow. 
TrueGlow is committed to providing their customers with innovative products containing quality and value-added features for archery, crossbow, and firearms. Now, anytime you shop at TrueGlow.com, you can enter a promo code OFFGRID20 and receive 20% off of your purchase. This is a special offer for our OffGrid podcast listeners. How awesome is that? TrueGlow, when brightness counts, count on TrueGlow. Welcome back to Ralph and Vicky's Off-Grid Podcast with your host, Pete Rogers. We're coming to you from the Hunter's Blend Coffee Studio. Now, let's get back into this week's show. Well, and the other thing, too, a lot, you know, over the border, like throughout Canada, you have your allocations, and, and each outfitter has, you know, so many moose permits, so many bear permits, so many deer, and, and, and so on. I, I got to believe that, you know, with, with this negative impact is going to come great opportunity and and knowing that is now is the time even though if you're you know you're anybody's listening you know it's going well i don't know if i want to do it this is the time to jump on it at least make your start making your phone calls your you know sending emails out to these outfitters and 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 talk to them because listen (laughs) no better time than now because, you know, as, as many people in the states are turning around their you know, draw systems are coming out. You know, most people are seeing either they were successful in a draw or they weren't. Don't just sit on your laurels and just wait, because like like Brad just said, is I mean, I mean, the, the people that really want to hunt are going to be the first ones getting out there and getting after it. So so don't hesitate to contact these outfitters. Right, Brad? Absolutely. I mean, life is a gift and uh, don't put something off today uh, that you think you can do tomorrow because different things in life happen with it sometimes take your bucket list dreams away from you. So uh, I've lived that uh, motto for a long time and I know both of you have. I, uh, do you actually have anything left on your bucket list? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> Um, you, you, you know what? what a show. <laughs> uh, we've been blessed, you know, just like you. You know, we've all been blessed to, to to do the things we've we've done. You know, to meet the people, to to experience the things we've experienced, and the different and, things we've witnessed, and to share of, yeah. it with with everybody. Whether it's you with your writing, or or you know, and photography and everything, us, you know, with with the TV aspect of things. Um, but but I I, I got to tell you, you know. There's still one animal that that I've always dreamed about, and and it's uh it's 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 the white bear, it's the polar bear. I just I just love it Ooh, up yeah. there. You, you know what I mean? I my dream was always to grab that Hoyt and and send an Easton through one, but I, I don't think that's ever going to happen. So at least you know having a dream is always a dream. Well, you know, it's a good thing to talk about your dreams because I know a couple of the hunter trappers associations in Nunavut that have polar bear tags and they get, uh, you know, it depends on the year, five, eight, sometimes 10, but we can certainly, uh, certainly start some talks. We were up there two years ago in July. And his watched, eyes uh, just blew up out of his face. <laughs> we watched eight different bears feeding on a, a whale that had washed up on one of the islands. And so some of the people in town would drive over with the boat every day just so you could watch, watch them. But, uh, some very big bears and, uh, the hunts still go on. I know that there's some import issues for you getting it back yeah. into the States, but it doesn't mean you can't do it. But uh, it's a good example. If you want to do something, there's uh, never a better time. And probably the best thing to keep in mind with this, if you're trying to plan a hunt, wondering if you can get up here, 
I'll give you an example. Alberta has flattened our curve. We had zero new cases for most of the days this week. Awesome. We basically have our uh, corona, uh, COVID-19 under control. Uh, the biggest concern uh, for government officials is to open the border and have somebody fly into these really tight-knit northern communities where they could introduce COVID and it would spread like yeah. uh, bed bugs through a hotel, you know, because they're very social people. They see everyone in town on a regular basis. People go from house to house. You, if you've ever been up north, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Absolutely. So, you know, uh, you're not at a big risk coming up here uh, in the West. You know, the Eastern Canada is a bit of a different story. They still have uh, problems in terms of uh, containing the virus. Not extreme, but it's there. In the West, we've done a great job. Uh, people are getting back to work, getting back to doing what they're doing. But we're the biggest concern will be coming up. So stay healthy, stay safe. Uh, you know, if they tell you to wear a mask and gloves, do it because you're coming into a safe zone and you just got to understand that they're trying to safeguard the people that live in small communities that you'll be running through or going through or getting groceries or being a jump off point. And it's just about uh, respecting them too. So, yep, it's a common uh, courtesy. It all depends how you look at it. The pandemic, a lot of people have been very negative, but there's, uh, there's been a lot of positives too. It's been a, like a society reset. We've had a chance to sit back. What are what are our priorities in life? <laughs> you know, what are my dreams? What are my aspirations? We've, you know, uh, I feel fortunate. Normally, I've, I'm gone every ten days, two weeks. I'm heading out on another trip. I've been at home for ten weeks with my family, and I've loved every minute of it. So. Uh, there's good and bad to everything, and I think uh, the key to life is finding those good things and plan for even better. And that's what we're talking about. You know, outfitted hunts are a dream for most people. Um, plan for one. Now's the time. It's never been a better to help maintain the outfitting business, to take advantage of trophy, trophy opportunity, to book at a time when maybe other hunters can't always afford to go, so there's uh, more potential for you. There's there's lots of benefits right now if you're a hunter hoping to, to find a, an outfitted hunt. Wow, well said, buddy. You, you know, and the other thing, too, is we get so many people asking, Ralph, Vicky, and, and I know you do, too, where do I go? Where do I go? Is it a good idea to tell everybody to reach out to like the the Outfitters Association, APOS, and, and all the others. Is it is that a good source to go to for a a hunter to to, to learn maybe the how how do you put this the more um, respected um, premier outfitters. You know, to, to, to just. Yeah, not only that, Ralph, but it gives you all your options in one place. If you go to the Alberta Professional Outfitter Society webpage, they list all of their outfitters. They all have to be licensed and insured, but uh, it also provides the links to all the webpages. If they have a webpage, your links. So you have basically the entire Alberta outfitting industry at your fingertips, where if you want to compare people with whitetail allocations in one particular area of the province, you can look them all up and then look at their packages, how they hunt, what they do. You can look at their websites and the photos of what they have. You can find uh, references if you want to follow up. I mean, it's really a, a good tool to, you know, if, if, you, if you know how to do research and look into things to, to get the best possible deal and quality 
experience and all the rest of it for yourself. A-Post has that website set up to make it super simple for you. So there you go. I mean, there's just cut to the chase. There's, you know, there's no one better to tell us what we need to do, you know, and, and there's Brad telling us exactly. Folks, listen. Here it is. Go to APOS. Go to your the Provincial Outfitters Association. You'll get all the direct information. You'll have everything at your fingertips. And and you don't have to be tech savvy because I'm not. I hate it. Absolutely I hate, not. I hate phones. I hate computers. I hate everything. But here's the reality. <laughs> <laughs> we work. We all work hard, you know, to try to put that little bit of money away to try to go on that next adventure, that next dream hunt. Why not go to the, the main source and go to those, you know, you know the, the, the provincial outfitters associations and learn from the best? Listen, Brad, I know, uh, buddy, I wish we were there this spring with oh you guys. Oh, my gosh. You oh have no idea. God. We're stuck here in, in Illinois and um, really missing bear hunting. Like on my social media page, all these years of bear hunting show up in my memories every day. And every day I just sit there, drink my coffee, want to cry. I'm just like, why? I'm sitting here in Illinois. We don't even have, I mean, turkey season's over, which doesn't even compare no. to a bear hunt. But, you know, there's just, and like you had said earlier, um, with with like the outfitters and people calling up and wanting their refunds because they couldn't come this year. You know, we really need to be considerate. I mean, I know it's hard. Everyone has bills. Everyone has things going on. But we have to support these outfitters as well because if we don't, they aren't going to be there next year and we're just taking it away from all of us. Yeah, we're going to limit our opportunity overall if we don't support them. And, and it's not only about support, it's about fulfilling your own dreams. And, you know, it's, it's like, Vicki, you're uh, looking at the past history of your bear hunts and wishing you were there. Here's a dream for you. If the border opens June 21st, the Saskatchewan season runs till June 30th. I you know. You have nine of bear hunting. <laughs> I, I, I know. The only problem is, is we're supposed to go gator hunting in Florida at the same okay, time. Okay, time out. Time out. <laughs> I love gator hunting, but wait a minute. <laughs> R- right? Brad, really? Let me Let me just think yep. of this. Gators, hot, swampy, you know, really humid, know. miserable weather, lots of mosquitoes. But we wear, have our thermocells, so we're good. Or head yes. up head up to Saskatchewan, northern Saskatchewan, get some phenomenal fishing in, and hunt bears. Yeah, I got to tell you, I'm well, calling we, Hoppy and saying, buddy, we can't make it to Florida. Oh. Yeah, I would just say, Hoppy, get up north and make us some man cake. <laughs> that, you know what? You're absolutely right. We he, should. He would jump at it. He would. We should. We should do some thinking about this. I don't know. We'll have to figure this part out if they open on the 21st. Though, yeah, that's the thing. Is they were originally supposed to open the end of May, and we were planning on being in Saskatchewan. Yep. Actually, Would we're supposed have? to be leaving today to head up there, but now we can't. Nope. So, you know, it's one of those things. <laughs> I know I'm probably stretching your time a little bit, but a lot of people are probably asking too, like, end of June, isn't that awful late for hunting bears? Well, <laughs> it is if you're not shooting a trophy bear, but as both of you know, yes. if you target a big adult bear that is, you know, got a good insulation of fat on it and lots of reserves, the heat doesn't bother them. Their hides are very pristine right through the rut in the end of the season. Absolutely. And the bear rut, goes right through the end of June. The activity, if you've never hunted into June, you have, you know, you've missed out. And seeing the territorial nature of those big uh, boars and some of the squabbles that go on is, uh, it'll make the hair on the back of your neck stand up. And it's, it's just fun to watch. I think we've seen some of that stuff on your show. 
Yeah, we but, all, uh, usually go up to like northern Manitoba at the end of June. Oh yeah, we I, way way me way up June. there in late I love June. It. I mean, you're right. You're absolutely right. Those big old boards. I don't. I can't hardly remember one over all the years that we've ever shot that actually had a rub on it. No, not your big old not boards. your big old boards. They yeah. are the like you said. They're big. They're amazing to watch, and we have seen them fighting. Dang, I wouldn't want to be in the middle of it. So the best way to <laughs> the best way to put this right now is there's still a chance. <laughs> There's always a chance. You can always find a way. <laughs> oh. Hey, Brad. Listen, we can't thank you enough. And if you don't mind, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on the hook right now and and, that, and say, listen, we know your expertise in not only predators and waterfowl and bear hunting, but we'd love to have you back on and 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 continue this and get more people to understand. You know all the values you could bring to educating them and and, and helping everyone to, to to get back up to Alberta, Saskatchewan, and everywhere else. Absolutely, I'd love to. It, uh, it's it's a passion. It's near and dear to my heart, and uh, hopefully, we'll, I, I, you know, I've uh, picked Fred up at the airport here before, and I've uh, been in camps with you guys, but I've never hunted. But maybe I'll just have to put something together to bend your ear that way as well. Let's do it, buddy. That'd be awesome. Hey, th- Brad, thank you so Can't much for joining us down the podcast, and um, hopefully, we'll get you back on here soon, or maybe we do share a camp. That'd be great. Yes, I, w- I want to see an expert oh. skin. I'll shoot them. You skin them. <laughs> well, I, I made sure I honed my skills again this spring. I did three of them. So oh, good job, good job. Uh, you know what's bad? I'm going to say it. I missed the smell. <laughs> That's so funny. Go. That's I so funny. No, you're right. They have a scent to them. I do. They do. Yep. Mm-hmm. Hey, Brad. God bless you all yeah. over the border, and and you and know, stay safe and healthy, yep. buddy. God you know bless we're here you. for you. Yeah, take care and uh, find the bright side of all this. There is one somewhere. Absolutely, every day there is. Never Absolutely. give up hope. Yep. All right, thanks, thanks Brad. Brad. All right, take care and enjoy with your family and friends. You, you got too. it. Bye. All right, buddy. Ralph and Vicky's Off Grid Podcast is proudly brought to you by Browning. Not all guns suit everyone perfectly, but there is a perfect Browning shotgun for you. Browning. The best there is. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you come back again for more Ralph and Vicky's Off Grid Podcast with your host, Pete Rogers.